Welcome to KCast. This is Caleb. I'm here with my favorite person on planet Earth, Devin. How are you, sir? I am honored to be here. Thank you. I'm glad. So it's been a couple of weeks. I've been uh, doing this construction gig in Westlake. Crashed out my mom's house. That sounds fun. Yeah, well, you know, some steady income, you know, seven weeks of work, so that part was good. At least you got a tan out of it, too. Yes. Uh, a tan, some muscle. I still weigh the same, so I didn't actually lose weight. But they say muscle weighs more than fat. Uh, also, I just, I ate like crap when I was down there. It was probably part of it. Probably, but yeah. just for the record, it's actually a myth. A pound of muscle does not weigh more than a pound of fat, purely on the fact that a pound is a pound. Weigh more than a pound. So anyway, but continue. Oh. I, I, I've, I hear that all the time, though. Anyways, a lot of fast food, which doesn't help the situation. And that helps no situation. Because I wasn't, like, buying groceries there. That might help depression temporarily, yes. but it doesn't help anything else. One time I got sick because my mom cooked up um, this... Uh, pumpkin soup from Trader Joe's mm -hmm. that was a year expired. And that's, I ate like half of a bowl. <laughs> I, I f threw up the whole night. <laughs> that's terrible. That would be food poisoning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Can I just sit closer or is this distance good? I don't know. The closer the better. I don't like the way that sounds. <laughs> I won't bite. I don't like the way that sounds either. <laughs> so... Um, this gig was, uh, it was a, this million dollar home in Westlake, and it was this backyard where they have a pool, and it was extending the, the walkway, and pouring cement, and then retiling the whole extension, because they, it's, it's over a slope, so they extended it past a, a slope. Wait, is this a house by St. Jude's Catholic Church? It is. I think so. It's it's off of, um, let's see, I would do Westlake, make a left on Westlake, uh -huh. and make a left on Triumpho, and make a right, I forget the street. Fairfax? It may have been. There's a park right there at the bottom. What? I, I think it's near where uh, Gene, uh, Terry's dad, lives. I don't know if you've ever been to his house. What on earth? And then it's up this hill, and overlooks... Like, you can see the lake, West Lake itself. Oh, okay. Definitely wasn't up on the hill, but I have a friend that lives there. I was just checking. Go ahead. Yeah. It probably wasn't the same. The, uh, John and Lisa were the names. Um, but anyways. So, yeah. It was fine. Um, at one point, funny story, um, we hired this guy on because he had a, a, a large truck and we needed to... Uh, dump some trash. You right, go to this trash dump in Oxnard. Obviously Mexican. Yeah. And uh, so we fill up the whole thing, and he's like, oh, can you drive? Because I don't have a license, and if we get pulled over, <laughs> well, you I have was, a license. I was just going to tell you to edit my comment out, but never mind. It, <laughs> no, it, it's, completely it's, true. It's true. <laughs> didn't speak uh, very good English at all. Mm. So, um, so I did, you know. Anyways. No. And, um, so, but while I was there, I 
went through storage and stuff, and I got all these old pictures. That because, sounds like you. Yes, because one project I like to do here at the LA house is scan photos, because we have a really good scanner. So I got all these baby pictures and albums and stuff, and recently I brought them all here and I scanned them all, because... Did you tell any family members about this? No, just my mom, obviously. Okay. So I have to Keep it that way, because they're not going to be happy. People don't like their baby pictures being taken and scanned in by people they don't know. But anyways... <laughs> well, it's just baby photos of me and Jared. <laughs> Got it. But what, you know what I'm talking Go ahead. Yeah. Because okay. one project I'm doing for, you know, the upcoming wedding of Jared is... The um, project they're not going to use? Yeah so, yeah, so I'm making a photo montage that chronicles his life from babyhood to current... The Rise and Fall of Five yes. Iron Frenzy? <laughs> yes. And if Jessica uh, cooperates with the project, uh, every other picture will be of her from baby to current. And the first place I ever saw this was at Andy Garcia's wedding. Do you remember that? They did that. I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. And I guess I thought it was a more popular idea than maybe it is. I thought is, 9 out of 10 weddings do this. It is not a popular idea. But I guess not. It's I was just very, talking to Dave rare. last night, and he's like, that's kind of a tacky thing. It that is. It's not, it's <laughs> not a popular idea at all. I've been, I've been to one family wedding, Andy yeah. and Terry's, and I've been to one friend's wedding, actually recently, last August, Jeff and Diane, where they did that. And just knowing who Jeff is since high school, it, it just... I mean, the only people that ooh and ah, okay, this should tell you everything you need to know about this project. The only people that ooh and ah are the people that are above 65. That's it. That's the whole demographic that likes this. Everybody below is like, when do we, when do we get to the drinks and dancing? Like, it was just, it's not a popular idea. Well, I was thinking for like extended family and friends that don't see these guys that often, maybe they're out of state. If they're above, they get like a quick glimpse of their whole life. This is your, this is a quick sentence litmus test for that. If they're on Social Security, they will most likely like <laughs> that idea. If they are not, they will be like, wow, this is somewhat embarrassing and not great. And let's get to the drinks and dancing. <laughs> I promise. I've seen it on multiple occasions. It's just not... As far as... Well, sorry, multiple, let me clarify that. I've seen on two occasions used. I've seen it on multiple occasions where they talk about it and the answer is no. Because I've been in five, five or six weddings well, now. So I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to repopularize this uh, tradition of the photo montage. This might be another crusade that you just don't <laughs> win on. I'm sorry. And if my calculations are correct, the whole thing will be three and a half minutes. It'll be pretty quick. It's not a question of time. These pictures are like half a second. Boom, boom, boom to another one. Oh, I know, I know, but I'm just letting you know it's not a practical question. It's not a question of time. It's a question yeah. on this idea is simply not popular with people. I, I was toying with, in, in my editing program, like they call it the Ken Burns effect of like zooming out on the photo and doing stuff to put motion to the photo. Sure. Like, oh, that just is going to take too long. So that's going to be like one second per photo. And yeah, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I, I will tell you, though, if anybody ever does this with me, they're, gonna be, they're <laughs> going to be real sorry. They're I won't be, be the one real. to do that because my collection of you is growing. No, you won't <laughs> be the one to do that because I will seriously, no joke, revoke your invitation to my wedding. I'm not even kidding you. I hate pictures so much. Here's one that I found that I thought was really funny. It's a Easter photo. You were probably around. I was probably four, three, three or four. And this is why. 
<laughs> like I said, you with a pink bow tie. If you showed me a stuff. picture of this at my own wedding where I have a pink bow tie, I would bring out the shotgun I have hidden in my coat and blow you away. Well, it's not for everyone, but okay. Given what you know about Jessica's personality, because okay. I think her and I are kind of similar, I think she would appreciate something like this. No, in the sense that she's kind of a sentimentalist as well, and she likes photographs. I was looking through her Facebook photos, which sounds really creepy and stalkery. I love how you just put that on recording. Too. But she has over a thousand photos. Sure. So she's very into photos. Yeah, she likes photos, but I will let you know that this idea is not popular with her. Really? Okay. Yeah. Just because someone's a sentimentalist doesn't mean necessarily they like the same ideas of showing that sentiment as you do. That's true. Well, the the possibility is that this could be shown at the uh, dress rehearsal. At the, the that's not what it's called, is it? No. The, Just the, the rehearsal. The rehearsal. The rehearsal. Yeah. That is a. We're not putting on a theater production. So they want. They said if this is ever shown, it will be at the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Boy, that's humorous. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'll take it. That's almost like that's getting, better than nothing. <laughs> you just got promoted to the position of vice president of a department that doesn't exist. That's basically <laughs> what just happened. Well, then I guess it's only like you know, close family in the wedding party, and you'll be there. <laughs> you'll get to see it. I'll make sure and take my drink break at that point. Anyway, <laughs> but, but continue. Anyway, but anyways, the whole point of all this is I'd like to share with you a revelation I had while doing this. All right. And that is, I think this is my calling. Because I'm like a chronicler, is that a word? Chronicler? I guess so. Of people's lives. You should just call yourself one who chronicles. Who are more interesting than me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like a little detective. I like looking at photos and past photos and, and telling the story and filling in like, it's like solving a puzzle of someone's life with photos. And figuring out the story and going through old photos, and so I have a lot. That's what to I'm really into, that, and I'm wondering how much the First Amendment pertains to this podcast. <laughs> you have freedom of speech and religion. Good, because and assembly. I will use both as my right <laughs> and left hands. Anyways, so you think this is your calling? Yeah, like I was really into this project. Just like I mean, I could. I could imagine myself writing someone's biography, like, with that person, like, agreeing to it. Okay, okay, but mind you, we're jumping in something you know, different. If, you, if you're talking about completing someone's history with photos, so the problem is here, what I hear from you, because I know you, is that you love piecing together things via photos and whatnot from your own past. Yes. And it, yes, and it's so interesting to you... Right. I'm projecting that yeah, onto other projecting people. projecting that onto other people. So you would like to chronicle their lives with photos. It's a rarity that I've ever even heard of I such a thing. I can't be the only one. Absolutely. Yes, you can. That's what I'm saying. Every time someone says <laughs> I can't be the only one, it's usually something where they are. And I'm not kidding you. I'm not saying I'm a pack rat, but I like to save everything because it could be important one day. That's a terrible logic. But anyways, you know. I, I understand what you're getting at. You may you hit two different subjects here. The the part that's probably not going to work out is I will I will pay you a thousand dollars that no one will ever come to you and said I need you to look through all my photos and chronicle my life. Okay, and it's scan not, it's not, them. It's not going to happen. But someone could pay me to do that. It's not going to happen. And if I recall, this is somewhat like a quote unquote business idea you had before. 
And if you could find one person of clientele for that, I will buy you dinner wherever you want. You guys- it was, well, I had an idea that everything's going digital now and everyone's scanning stuff, like from tax return information. You know, you're supposed to keep your last five years of your tax info. Yeah, right. So some hell. people just scan them and put them on the disk. I keep mine in a very special place in hell. The garbage? Yeah. <laughs> But I could imagine someone having volumes of photos, and they're like, hey, I just want this on digital, just in case something happens, and we have a digital copy and a hard copy. It's possible. I've never heard or seen it. Um, One thing... We're going to pause it. Wait. So anyways, you know a lot about politics. Right. Wait, so we're not revisiting the photo thing? <laughs> no. I had one more comment. Oh, okay. Make the comment, please. Okay. Where I don't see the picture thing working out at all, what I do see is a potential for you to write or do some sort of biography on someone. That I could see because you're actually writing and actually chronicling events in a person's life for what makes them me, or for what makes them them, or makes me me, or makes you you. But Why not just add photos in with that? You could yeah. add photos, but the problem is that's not how to do it. You don't go through someone's personal belongings and all their child <laughs> photos and make a chronicle collage of their life, especially without... But anyways, get, I could see you doing, doing a, a journalistic-type biography thing, definitely. <clears throat> yes. So, um, it was funny. When I was doing construction, uh, Steve is the name of my boss. Mm-hmm. He would listen to a lot of talk radio. I lost a lot of uh, Michael Medved. And I kind of have... Michael Medved. I like talk radio people less and less as I kind of have gone on. But I do have kind of a new respect for Michael Medved. Out of all of them, he's pretty, like, fair and balanced, which is kind of a cliche saying, I know. Of Fox News. Because Fox News says it. Yeah. But he's... he's, F-A-U-X, just to clarify. (laughs) He's he's pretty solid, though. Um, So... Now, when it comes to politics, is there really just right of center and left of center? That's one of the broadest questions I've ever been <laughs> asked in my entire life. I, mean, I was t- trying to figure it out, like if I were to explain this to someone else. Are you talking about global politics, ancient or contemporary, classical or contemporary politics, or are you talking about American politics? I mean, what, what you need to clarify that, that's... Okay, because outside of America, the the meaning of left and right are reversed, right? Is that what you? Yeah, but but even the term center, quote unquote, yeah, is really only a Western thing, and it's been mm. a kind of a twentieth century thing. It really hasn't been a, a. No one talks about like, oh, we need to be in the center. We need to conference. It's it hasn't been like a, a, a mainstream, widespread belief, right? Third rail of politics and whatnot. Until the 20th century. Yeah. Specifically, Ouch. 20th century Western society, where you have all the political parties, everybody in Parliament and in Congress is weighed by how much they deviate from centrist policies, if that makes sense. All right. Sweet shirt. Question. Uh, Medved keeps talking about upcoming elections, and if Republicans want to win, they have to win over the moderates. That the, the center is the majority of the people. And right now, they just don't have what it takes. It's true. The right will not win this. But it's not about it's not about moderates. It's it's about it's about the youth vote, the people under forty, under thirty five, 
they don't vote with Republicans. They just don't. If, if the last elections are any inkling of this fact, they just don't vote with Republicans who are now considered just old, white, rich, angry men who only care about good old Southern religion taking over that kind of society. It does not, it's not that it doesn't appeal to moderates. It's just it doesn't appeal to young people or anybody from the left. So how, how does the right win? If you're the right and they're like, we want to win in 2016. You, it's the easiest answer in the world. You elect someone like Rand Paul. Okay. You, you pray that the Democrats elect Hillary Clinton. <laughs> and you pray that, yes, you pray the Demo- Democrats elect Hillary Clinton because she will lose against anyone. Did you have some but, scam? But if you're... I did yesterday, yeah. Just a little. I want to know You already ate my fucking hummus. Right. I guess I guess we're gonna edit that part out. <laughs> I'll, I'll get some more. You elect someone like Rand Paul, who is basically idealist and uncompromising on issues that are important to other people on the side of the spectrum that aren't important to the Republicans. Right. That's how you get the other people on your side. Okay, they say him and Paul Ryan are kind of the two. Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. Is there a Paul Ryan? Yeah, but. I've never heard Paul Ryan even mentioned in a 2016 run. No? Uh, Medved's like crazy about Paul Ryan. He shouldn't be crazy about Paul Ryan. That's a, that's a losing ticket right there. Who's Paul Ryan? Paul Ryan was Mitt Romney's running mate in the last election. Oh, that's right. He's a congressman. He came up with a very kind of famous budget proposal that was shot up with bullet holes quite a bit. Some good ideas in there, but others... He just won't compromise on defense spending. Anyways, I'm getting out okay, of the Okay, so Rand Paul is kind of the the first choice right now, or the biggest, most popular choice? I don't know that he's the most popular choice, especially within his own party, but you asked, how do they win? Yeah. And the question, and the answer would be, with someone like him. Because he's young, he's youthful. No, because he appeals to the young and youthful. He will get the votes for the people who say, who want, who would, the people that have issues with the legalization of marijuana, okay, Mm -hmm. being left to the states, gay marriage and whatnot being left to the states, Right, no NSA spying, reigning in the foreign policy, not spending, not spending any foreign aid money on anybody until we get our house of cards dealt with here. He will appeal to those type of people throughout the entire spectrum, whereas Republicans won't because they will not relent on gay marriage, they will not relent on drugs, and they want to spend out the ass when it comes to the military. They are absolutely, totally uncompromising in that Islam needs to be defeated. We need to have the biggest. We need to have an even bigger military, even though no one else even comes close. And that's where they lose people because they're they're old, white, rich, pissed off warmongers, and that's the kind of image they've cultivated for themselves. Finally, you have a guy. Actually, they had a guy in the last two elections, Rand Paul's father. Mm-hmm. Finally, you have a guy that's within the party, who's young enough, and has views that inco- views that would appeal to anywhere in the spectrum. So him being libertarian. um, includes views that appeal to the left. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So that's how you win. Yes. You need... A libertarian, as far as... Even if he runs on a Republican ticket, libertarian ideals could win this thing. He leans that way because he's for getting the government out of areas where pretty much all people agree they shouldn't be. And as soon as you tackle that, you have a really good chance of winning. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But I will say... And I totally hold to this. The only candidate in the last two elections that could have beat Barack Obama on a Republican ticket was Ron Paul. 
because all the things that Barack Obama didn't do with his first term, mm -hmm. right, and didn't do with his second term, even though he campaigned on it, Ron Paul would have done to a higher degree, if that makes sense. So he would have stolen people away. Hmm. There was a movement called Blue Republican, where they were trying to get Democrats to register Republican solely for the purpose of voting for Ron Paul in the primaries. Not because they like Republicans. Republicans had nothing to do with it, except that that was the ticket he was on. Okay? Yeah. Solely to get the people who knew that Paul could change these things to get him to the other side, just to get him on the ballot. That's how powerful a swing has when someone's really ideologically consistent and appeals to a broad spectrum of voters. Ron Paul did not vote with the party. His own party hated him. That should tell you everything you need to know. The guy is playing for his ideals when it comes to liberty. He's not playing party politics. He's not saying, this is what, this is what I want to do for Republicans. He's the one who's saying Republicans need to get their asses with it or else we're going to be part of history and the bad part of history. And uh, fiscally, he'll be able to be conservative and work on the budget and work on spending. and Well, quote-unquote conservative, yeah. Really what it is is just having a brain and being able to do basic math. You cannot yeah. borrow or spend your way into prosperity. As long as there's any kind of debt to any kind of foreign power or domestic corporation, no one will ever be free. Do you think he would lower defense spending? Yes, he would. He would. But in the proper way which is closing down some of our stuff overseas, Yeah. if that makes sense. Okay, so you save on that. That's a lot of money. It's, I think it's approximately $1.1 we spend just in maintaining the military plus all the bases and installations abroad. I mean, that's a huge sum of money. They're already doing defense cuts right now, um, but a lot of it's troop deployments. Yeah, or Secretary of Defense, Chuck Hagel. But a lot of it is just how many troops we're having, not where we're putting them. See, that's what, that's what costs money. It's not how many mouths do we have to feed. It's are these mouths to feed in Germany, where there's 20,000 troops, or in South Korea, where there's 30,000 troops. It's where we're putting them, where our ships are operating. If everything was at home or near our home, everything would be way less than spent. Are drones replacing soldiers? Yeah, of course. Now, remind me, was Rand Paul... The one with the controversy about the civil rights movements. <laughs> it was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen pulled in the media in my life. And mind you, I didn't even know that much about him when he was running. But I just had to listen to what he said. Um, yeah, he was the one with the controversy. It was totally blown out of proportion, of course. And I actually agree with his position. Because, guess what? It's consistent ideologically. If you don't want the government involved in certain decisions... You would have to take his position to be consistent. Well, it didn't have to do with the, we have the right to refuse service to anyone? It did have to do with that. He said that's one of the two parts he disagreed with, the Civil Rights Act, right? Yeah. Is you can't force a private business to serve everyone. It's no longer a private business at that point. Does that make sense? It's a total violation. So what's an example of a private business compared to, like, McDonald's? That is a private... Anything. Take anything where there's no government money involved. That's technically a private business. So okay. what they're saying is, if there's a particular restaurant that doesn't want to serve Mexicans, instead of saying, like, okay, I'll go to the next one, and then all the other restaurants will get our business, and we'll eventually kick the shit out of the one who doesn't serve Mexicans, right? They said, no, we're going to put a federal mandate on you that you have to serve everyone. And now they can sue if they're not served. 
That's complete nonsense. Because basically what they're saying is, anytime, see, to be consistent, they would have to say, anytime there is a XYZ only club, that's in violation of the Civil Rights Amendment. And that is BS. Now, question, doesn't that disclaimer, we reserve the right, doesn't that refer to, like, people who are rowdy or being destructive? It can refer to anyone, just as the sign says. We reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. For any reason. Unfortunately, it doesn't hold up very well in court, which, again, I disagree with. It's BS, but it's all because of that. The, civil, the good things about the Civil Rights Act are this. When it comes to the government or anything involving public funding, you can't discriminate, which is Absolutely true. It's totally consistent because if someone is in any way funding something that's part of a public commodity, they shouldn't be excluded from that because they've funded it. It makes perfect sense. But if you have a choice to go to one restaurant or laundromat or whatever kind of XYZ-only club purely on your choice and you're rejected because they have some arbitrary rule, that's their prerogative. That's their MO. You take your business somewhere else. Nobody's stopping you, quote-unquote, from doing anything. They're not holding you against their will. Does that make sense? So that's the only part I totally now, agree with. Now, you. this is different than saying um, you can't refuse to hire someone based on a race. This is different than employment, yes. Yeah, employment, okay. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, I still disagree with at a federal level. The states can do whatever they want. And usually it's what the Fourth Amendment is, is used to defend. That like you, you can't discriminate hiring someone just based on a race. No, there's no amendment for that at all. That's just part of congressional legislation. There's no. What what in the Constitution do people use to support that? Unless you're talking about the Fourteenth Amendment, the equal protection. Oh, I think that was it. Okay, but there's only equal protection if there's a law written for it. So they wrote a law. So it wasn't the amendment themselves, right? The amendment just basically empower the feds to make legislation and now all the states and everybody has to be beholden to it because of the 14th Amendment. This is fascinating stuff. Thank you, David. <laughs> now, um, somebody died yesterday, Devin. Is it okay to be happy that someone dies? Well, it's interesting, Caleb, uh, you might not know this, but people indeed die every day. Yeah, but is it okay if I'm happy that someone died? Like, if Hitler died, we'd be happy. Hitler did die. <laughs> But people were happy, right? Because well, he was a bad person. Hitler did, in fact, die. Like, like, let's say you went to high school with a jerk or something. Like, mm -hmm. I never liked that guy. And you figure out he died. If you're happy. I would, like, well, let's say he wasn't too young. Wait, he was, like, old. Okay, in that situation, I'd say there's a problem. But you can make... Let's you, say he was older, though. Like, you know, he was, like, 80 and he you died. You can still be glad that someone, or that someone is gone because you believe the world is better off. I don't see a problem with that at yeah, all. Yeah, like, uh, that guy was a bastard. He was a so, jerk. I'm glad he's dead. So, but who who are you trying to rationalize right now? Well, Fred Phelps died. Okay. Yesterday, uh, before midnight. Um, he was the American pastor of Westboro Baptist Church. I'm aware. Which, uh, he was excommunicated from that church last year. So even his own church, which was mainly made up of, of his extended family. Yeah. Kicked him out. <clears throat> he was a disbarred lawyer founder of a law firm. He was a former civil rights activist, which I found was very interesting. Yeah, who's civil rights? For black people. Interesting. Yes. He was 84 when he died, so. Um, he sought public office four times. In the election of the United States Senator for Kansas, uh, well, he lost all four times, but he tried. Undoubtedly. Now, 
this guy, um, his biggest claim to fame is the God Hates Fags signs. In pro and you can see these signs everywhere. He, you mean his church's biggest claim to fame is protesting funerals with those signs? Yeah, him and him being the senior pastor of the church. Got it. And they would protest um, military funerals and lots of other funerals. And sometimes, like, he won. Well, people would sue him, but he won because it's, it's freedom of speech and First Amendment. Sure. Sometimes he won. But I... three laws were made due to his protesting. Sure. Um, I would be forced to rule in his favor in those decisions as well, because it is free speech, as long as they're not disrupting the actual event. Um, well, there's something specific about... Um, I'm trying to figure out what the laws were. Um... It's interesting that uh, he ran for the Democratic Party hmm. um, five times. He, he said he was a Democrat. Well, he's probably a Dixiecrat, though. What do you mean by that? Well, it's one of the political realignments. If you notice, he's from all the, Kansas. All the South, most of the South in the Midwest is now Republican after a major alignment shift in the 60s. Because it used to be known as the Solid South, because the South always voted Democratic. Even from the time of Lincoln, Lincoln was a Republican. The South hated him. Okay, here it is. Um, due to Phelps's in the Westboro Baptist Church's protesting, mm-hmm. um, okay, George W. Bush signed the Respect for America's Fallen Heroes Act into law May of 06. You know what? I, I, just a quick side note. Politicians <laughs> are the most unoriginal people and make the Stupidest with how they title their jingoistic their names for the acts, Patriot Act. My God. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Respect for America's Fallen Heroes Act. That does sound something Bush would come up with. It's so stupid. It's ridiculous. Like if you don't sign that, you're automatically labeled as a traitor because of the name only. Oh God, I hate politics sometimes. It's you so would just stupid. name it the Protesting at Funeral Act. <laughs> you're just sure. Just oh God. You'd put it on the front street. Anyways, go ahead. Um, in April of 07, Kansas governor signed into bill, sorry, signed into law a bill establishing a 150-foot no-picketing buffer zone around funerals. That makes sense. Okay. So you're not calling their rights, but you're having respect. You're, you're respecting one group's right to congregate over another group's right to congregate, and you're not stopping either one. So that's... Yes. That was a decent call. Remember that... Was it the new se- Remember that? There was an Arrested Development episode where the sister is protesting. And it's like, okay, here you go. And there's like the. It was like a little cage, not a cage, but a little like five foot by five foot taped area where they could protest mm-hmm. for this whatever animal rights thing. Yeah, that, free, free speech zone. Yeah, free speech zone that she was doing. So dumb. And I think they got like sprayed with like. Was it was it hoses or was I, it I was it was like color or something? They were nailed or something. It was like paint or something. Glitter bomb. Yeah. And and okay, eight other states have enacted similar laws, and ten were considering it. August twelve, uh, two thousand twelve, Obama signed the Honoring America's Veterans and Caring for Camp Lewene Families Act. 
of 2012. Wow, that's even more fucking <laughs> stupid than the last one. America's Veterans and Caring for Camp Luana Families Act. Oh my god. Which, among other things, requires a 300-foot and two-hour buffer zone around military funerals. So again, you're not completely prohibiting it. But this guy was known for the slogans that he and his uh, ministry used against people that they deemed sinful. So you've seen these signs everywhere. Sure. Um, fags are beast. Fags wed. Your pastors are whores. That's an interesting one. <laughs> 9-11 is a gift from God. Interesting. Yeah. Fags doom nations. Planes crash. God. He kind of... Um, Ethan Hell. <laughs> he he basically you know how like some libertarians believe that like nine eleven happened because America provoked the oh, terrorists. I, know, I wouldn't say it's a libertarian. I said it's just a, a yeah. minority position, but it's held by many people of many. It, it's blowback theory, right? Within, yeah, but that's the CIA's own theory. That's not a libertarian theory. Oh, there's okay. there's a wing of libertarian conspiracy theorists. Who like to say that, and I will yeah. attest to that. I, I yeah, the, I the idea that, of of we meddle in other people's affairs and provoke years, them, and then and they're going to get those repercussion is logical. It makes perfect sense. It's, yeah, because we would do the same thing. Oh wait, we yes. did the same thing. It was called the revolution. Yes, saying that nine eleven happened because gays are hooking up. Not no. so logical. Or saying 9-11 happens like someone because like Rick Because it's Santorum, God's judgment. Or Rick Santorum <laughs> would basically say 9-11 happened because they hate our freedom and our religious ways. He's a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. It's just the yeah. stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't know how anyone could reasonably vote for that man. Or blaming God at all, like saying it was John's God's Yeah, nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Just. I remember, like, in high school when Katrina happened, people were saying it was God's judgment. Sure. Like really, God, yeah, exactly. Really, people or hurricanes happen. Yeah, or the natural. There happen to be a city you know? there, you know. Volcanoes are somehow God's judgment, even though they're a natural outpouring of excess heat and magma from under the surface. Like, come on. Thank God for Dutch soldiers. Now, why would Fred Phelps be against U.S. soldiers? I don't exactly know, but there was a biblical justification for that. And what's that? Just. It was basically... Killing, I, I, just meddling in other people's affairs. No, I, I think he said... Or his logic was... Our soldiers are being sent to war and dying because of our nation's acceptance of gays and other, to their mind, liberal notions, if that makes sense. So they weren't being punished because of an unjust war. They are being punished because our nation has accepted certain sinful acts, and that's how God is punishing them. Um, that's to that's to my knowledge. I don't know if that's actually why. Phelps wrote a letter to Saddam, praising his regime for being, in his opinion, the only Muslim state that allows the gospel of Jesus Christ to be freely and openly preached on the streets. He stated that he would like to send a delegation to Baghdad to preach the gospel for one week. That's interesting. Yes. Um... Saddam granted permission, and a group of W.B. Westboro Baptist Church congregants traveled to Iraq to protest against the U.S. Members stood on the streets of Baghdad holding signs condemning both Bill and Hillary Clinton, as well as anal sex. 
There you go. Um, <laughs> what he was saying was executed. Philp stated in a broadcast that Saddam was in hell along with Gerald Ford. <laughs> Gerald Ford? Ford? What did he ever do? Uh, pardon Nixon, you know? <laughs> Obviously, damnation to hell for pardoning Nixon. Um, Billy in hell. Did Billy Graham die? I don't know. I, don't I, know. I, don't, I don't keep up on Christian, contemporary Christian figures, for sure. <laughs> no, I'm curious about that. I didn't know he died. I'll tell you on the right. He didn't die. He's 95 years old. God only knows. He has a sign that says Billy in hell, referring to Billy Graham, anyways. God hits cripple soldiers. Mm -hmm. Remember we were talking about projection? Yes. Exhibit A. He wasn't a Zionist. <laughs> I don't think. God blew up the shuttle. God, you know. So anyways... I'm glad this guy is dead. <laughs> so that was a long-winded version of saying yeah. you're glad that Fred Phelps is dead. Is now meeting his judgment because he's giving Christianity a bad name. He's giving the church a bad name. Sure, he's one of the a lot. Of, he's like when people, people point to like oh, assassinating abortion doctors and you know, sure, like. It's extre this extreme fundamentalist behavior. Sure. That's giving yeah, stuff about it's, it's in any faction, but yes, this is the one particular faction that makes it seem very bad. These are the quote unquote wing nuts from the right. Speaking of like de depressing movies. Okay. <laughs> that was my transition. We gotta work on the transitions. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so. I was looking through the movies that won Best Picture, and most of them from like the last twenty years I've seen. Sure. But I'm like, oh, I've never seen Million Dollar Baby, so I watch it. It's like the most depressing, heartbreaking, sad movie I've ever seen, and I like depressing movies. But this was like this was the last third of the movie was shocking. Okay, she breaks her neck in the movie. Spoilers. Okay. This female boxer that. Hilary Swank plays. So she's like becomes a quadriplegic and she's confined to a you know a hospital bed and stuff. Sure. And she keeps trying to commit suicide by like biting her tongue off and bleeding out. And it's just a horrible, horrible movie. Only Clint Eastwood. I know. I'm like, this is some dark stuff. But it uh, you know. It appealed to the Academy members back in what, two thousand four? So I mean, technically it's well done, but I'm putting it in my list of good movies that I don't like. Who gave the idea for that list? The f well, I don't know. I would put no. like 2001 A Space Odyssey in that list. That is not a good movie. It's kind of, well, but they're like technically good movies. No, no, no. Because like something is a, dreams. Be, it's kind of an overrated list. Because something is a technical achievement does not make it a good movie. Space Odyssey is exhibit A for that. So are the new Star Wars. Just because yeah. something is a technical achievement, it, along with the Star Wars prequels and other films that are similar, are special effects reels 
that they tried to put a story to. Okay, here's the point, though. Is, like, Schindler's List is a great example of, like, gnarly subject matter. That's your favorite example to go to for me. It is. Because it's, like, a sad, depressing movie, but it strikes a balance. It's, like... It's well made, well done. There is some sort of lighter moments in it. There's, you know, well, it's, it's, kids it's a, running it's around a good drama, and stuff. It's a good story. It's a good acting. Yeah. It's, it's just, it was a good. I'm saying, time. like, a movie, no matter how bad your subject matter is, it has to be palatable to the audience to put them through this two hour journey. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's like eating something really nutritious. If it tastes like crap, you're not going to eat it. It doesn't matter how good it is. I struggle with that, too. So, like, 12 Years a Slave, really gnarly subject matter, but balanced it really well. I can't, I finally saw that, and I can't believe that one best picture. It might be the most important picture of the year, but that wasn't even close. You didn't think it was good? No, I thought it was great. It's just... What was was your problem with it? The only reason why it won best picture is because it's politically motivated, that's all. You didn't think it had great directing, great acting, no, great it did. writing. It, it, it was a good. It was a. It was a good movie. So it was good, but you're like, well, it was good, but Gravity was better. Or I wouldn't maybe. say Gravity, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen many, 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 many better films than that. But it was because it's a sensitive American subject matter. Listen, I'm not going to get into a debate about the Academy, but politics and history, history of struggle went over the Academy. That's where that went. But, but like, yes, it was a good movie. It's true that a lot of other movies are better, mm. but it just had to beat the competition of that year. And those nine in the Academy so thought that you're it did. telling me that something like Dallas Buyers Club. Give me one movie that was better than 12 Years of Slave of last year. Of last year. Yeah. I would say Gravity is better. But I don't think it's the best picture of the year. I don't see how it could be the best picture of the year. And a lot of people would agree with you. That was definitely, it was oh, between yeah. those two. I haven't seen Dallas Buyers Club yet, but that one seems like it could be a real. Just just hearing the subject matter, that, yeah. Anyways, of course, Gravity was a technical achievement, but the writing wasn't as strong, was it? No, but it was still a good film. It was. That makes sense. Like it was a good all-around film. It wasn't my favorite. I wasn't one to rave about it, but it is. But what made it better than Twelve Years? It's it's stronger and because. If you take something that has good writing, good acting, good subject matter, cinematography, costume design, blah, blah, blah. If all these things are good in a movie, it's going to be the certain aspects that make the movie stand out above the others, if that makes sense. So if you're comparing uh, a good stream of movies that all have good qualities and everything, the only one that actually stood out, quote-unquote, from the rest would be Gravity. Because of its technical achievements. He had good everything else, and it blew everything else out of the water, technically. So it was the argument that, okay, film is moving pictures, it's a visual medium, telling a story visually, it's and audio, please. <laughs> That's right. not a word. Um. <laughs> and, and that movie told it better, because it has this grand scope, and... The way it was filmed, it took the camera to new and exciting places, and sure, I guess you could say it's a medium argument. Something like it, not very much has been done like that before. Yeah, right. So if you're talking about okay, so it's somewhat innovative, not the greatest, but somewhat innovative, right? Mm -hmm. And it's 
uh, I mean, the t technically speaking, that's a blows everything else out of the water. That's that's undisputable, right? Yeah. But if something's sort of a pioneering or a technical achievement, and it's a good movie, and the rest of the contenders are just yeah, the acting was good, the script was good, the soundtrack was good. Every if everything is good in every movie, but something pioneered and blew everything else out of the water in one category, then the obvious choice is going to point that so direction. So gravity gets the edge because it pioneered. Based off the logic... to the next level. Based off the logic that I'm saying, if you have yeah. ten good movies, I don't know what the best movie... I, I still haven't seen American Hustle. I really want to see Dallas Buyers Club. Okay, then I'll... When I see the Oscar nominees, then I'll give you what my choice would have been. My, yeah. my point here But really, is, you saw the two best by... Popular opinion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't give a crap about popular opinion. My point is, I saw the one I was actually interested in seeing, which was Gravity, right? And that, mm -hmm. was, a, that was a nice treat. But I immediately knew, as soon as 12 Years of Slave was nominated, that's going to be Best Picture. It's not hard, right? Mm -hmm. So, if you, just do, if you do just want to stick with those two, as far as what a Best Picture should be of the year, something that was really good, plus pushed some boundaries in some areas and hasn't been done before, easily gravity. If the choice is between those two. 12 Years a Slave was just a serious Django Unchained. It's basically what it is. Okay, now have the same debate, but do The Hurt Locker versus Avatar. Okay. Because a few years ago, that was the debate. I didn't even know that was a debate. That, told, that tells you how far removed I am from the Academy. <laughs> I, what was the debate about? Well, the debate, I mean, that year, that year, Avatar won the Golden Globe, and it was a frontrunner for Best Picture. Mm -hmm. uh, as we know, Hurt Locker swept. Yes. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Writing. Mm -hmm. But in that example, you'd probably agree that Hurt Locker is the better film. Yeah, I agree it's the much better film. And again, I, I think both, it's interesting you pit those movies against each other, because both of those were very politically motivated movies. And because Hollywood and whatnot is very, very well known for their left and center left views, you could see where both those movies were, of course, of course, in con in uh, in contest for the best movie because they both had those left leaning values, right? That are oh, we have to put the, this is definitely the best film. It's such a great expose of the horrors of the Iraq War, which all of our members would have voted against, and we all protest with our money on a regular basis. Oh, we love Avatar. It's just about the environment, and it's right. <laughs> aside from sweeping all the political bullshit aside, they were. Bo <sighs> but the point being, Ava gonna... but Avatar. On, I'm being honest here. Avatar was not a good movie. It just mm -hmm. wasn't. It Despite again, it was a the pioneering. It was a special effects reel for 3D. Okay. Yeah. Nothing in that movie, nothing, zero, is original. Being a sci-fi person, okay, I enjoy science fiction to a degree, when it's realistic, I guess you could say. I know it sounds weird, fiction realistic, but you know what I mean. I could point to you, and especially playing the games I've played, I could point to you everything in that movie where it's a carbon copy of XYZ, and he just threw it on the screen. No original In, in places that have done it better. Yes. Yeah, well, taking those specific things and done it better. Take the story of Pocahontas, mm -hmm. put it on another planet, and put some virtual simulation into it. And you or have Dances Avatar. with Wolves. And you have Avatar. It's this nothing with new. With blue cats. Nothing new. So, name a movie, okay, 
where they put you in a war zone, not difficult, there's millions of the moves that have done that, from the point of view of someone who has to disarm improvised explosive devices. Name one person who's done that. Um, probably just Hurt Locker. That's right. I'm guessing. It hasn't happened, because we've never dealt with something like that, right, until now, where improvised IED or improvised explosive devices are being used against American troops, blah, blah, blah. But putting someone in that point of view, and also making it interesting and seeing the psychological effect on someone, not the most original, but the perspective that it was put in, again, mm-hmm. from disarming bombs, that was original. It's, yes. it's something we haven't seen before. So whether or not that's best writer and best director, I, I don't know. I don't know what these guys are thinking sometimes. But if you ask me which movie I thought was better, definitely. Or do you think it just won because Catherine Bigelow was the first female director? I, I didn't want to say it. You said it. I think that's why she won. Her locker... It didn't, had, it didn't hurt her chances. No, not at all. She it, made her it, the it, underdog it, and absolutely. historical significance. If, if you haven't noticed, the last... The 21st century for the Academy has been about women, black people, and whatever other else they can politically... And black women. Yes. Whatever <laughs> other politically sensitive people they can throw up there and say, oh, look, we're being equal and politically progressive now. My point is, and I know you've heard this before, the Academy is all about politics. But I'm not But I do think that. she deserved it. I don't. You don't? No. Well, I'm sure there are... I'd have to look at all the... Oh, eight films, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure you, you could find something somewhere. If it's just between her and James Cameron, she deserved it. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's, again, you have to narrow the spectrum down. Sure, why not? But I have to go with that. Okay, well, um, we're going to put a pin in it. Okay. Okay, well, I can already tell <clears throat> Wait, you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to name them off. Okay. At the 2008, was it 8? Yeah, I saw, it, I saw it in there. Oh, it's 10. The best films of 2009, okay. Honoring the best films of 2009, these were the 10 nominees. The Hurt Locker, which won, Avatar, The Blind Side, District 9, An Education, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, A Serious Man, Up, Up in the Air. Now, before you say anything, in my own top ten list when I named it. My favorite was Up in the Air of that list. So that would be my vote for the best. The Academy chose the Hurt Locker. We can all agree it's not Avatar. So, based off that list, what do you like? Okay, I would, number one, I'd immediately go Up in the Air was way better than the Hurt Locker or Avatar. Okay? Yeah. Not my favorite, but in terms of, like, quality of a movie, way better. I would um, agree on a personal level. It's just a personal favorite. Even Up was better than Avatar. Like, it, Avatar just, it wasn't, it yeah, wasn't Avatar's a good movie. But it just wasn't a good movie. Um, oh, Glorious Bastards is on there, too. I mean, District 9 was... Well, the problem with... There were some good choices. But the problem with District 9... It's not even a problem with District 9. The problem with the Academy is that they hate science fiction. They hate it. Hate it. No sci-fi film has ever won, no matter how good it is. District 9 is one of the best sci-fi movies ever. And that wasn't even closely in the running. It's true. I mean, the closest... I mean, Lord of the Rings is fantasy. 
Yeah, it's BS no, Fantasy nice. 2. It's, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Offending outside. Tolkien fans. I, I, I meant... Everywhere. Well, Catherine Bigelow wins for director. So the other choices, James Cameron Avatar, Lee Daniels Precious, Jason Reitman up in the air, Quentin Tarantino, Glorious Bastards. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm not a huge fan of Reitman, but uh, I'm not really a huge fan of no one. Pretty much, but Reitman, I'd say, was easily the better director out of the four. Um, mm-hmm. I would say even James Cameron after that, while Avatar was a bloated environmentalist mess and he's half a hippie, it still takes a considerable talent, considerable talent to direct and manage a project like he did. I mean, that's no small task. It reminds me of Titanic, if that makes sense. Like he to to. To manage something of that it was scope, huge is, in scope. Yeah, is uh, I mean, but Catherine Bigelow, like, wait, why did she win? She's a woman. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what I pick apart from that. In the running, and, well, if you're looking at important movies, an Iraq War movie that is extremely well made and well done and well written. Yeah, I understand. Proving my would point. Get the, that my is point. the Oscar bait. That is political. Edge, exactly. That's you know. why I, I can't stand them. So. But in this case. It was also cool and hip to have yes. a woman director. So it was it was yeah. an easy, easy writing the coattail selection. Yes. Easy. Even though clearly out of the list here, she's yeah. maybe third. And I... Did you see Zero Dark Thirty? No. I thought that was stronger. Which I think was the next year. No, it was a twenty twelve zero dark thirty was was up. I actually I saw it in Um I recommend it. I thought it was stronger, and I thought Jessica Chastain in it deserved best actress. So I detect a sense of bias. No, I was just wondering. Oh zero oh that was the year Argo one. Right? Yeah, yeah. See Zero Dark Thirty is better than Argo. That's interesting. Anyways, so there you have it, folks. That's KCAST for this week. I'm Caleb. And I'm Devin. Goodbye.